welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, knowing thyself, and doubting every thought. If you've been looking for peace in life and want to be a part of the revival, you've come to the right spot. So sit back, relax, and return to God. So good morning, good day, good evening, everybody. We're live. Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast. My name is Jacob. Thanks for joining us. It is another month. It is November. I'm so happy that you're here. And this is episode number 45 of the Dive Thought podcast titled Wesley Joins the Conversation. We got a new son of God, guys, and his name is Wesley. And he talks about his own experience and upbringing and relationship with his father, how he found meditation, but the intention was a little misleading, and really what it's like on the other side. And it's just meant to give you an example of what a true son of God actually looks like and sounds like. And as a Zen Buddhist T.D. Suzuki said, enlightenment is like everyday consciousness, but two inches above the ground. That's what it's like, guys. So if you're wanting peace in life, you like the sound of our voices or about finding the kingdom of God, the true meaning of life, you've come to the right spot. So just sit back, relax, listen, and return to God. everyone welcome to another installment of the doubt every thought podcast today is another interview we're having a lot of these and i have a new guest his name is wesley and wesley thanks for coming on man thank you jacob i'm excited to to do this let's do it it's pretty amazing to uh be chatting with each other across the internet isn't it <laughs> it is <laughs> you know i think uh, uh we just the met founding fathers would be proud <laughs> oh they would be very proud of us yes <laughs> we're being so holy on the internet versus uh how most people use the internet these days <laughs> you know we, wesley and i were, we were just talking offline on a bunch of different things um but it's kind of funny just how how we come across each other as being sons of god and i was kind of wondering um wesley you're you were already kind of telling me how your whole story arc of forgiveness which knowing thyself doubting every thought like you're, you're you're doing all the things that jlp talked about but maybe give some context for people like how how did you come across this idea of going to forgive your parents and god would be like forgiving you how did you actually discover this was it youtube was it seeing a random preacher online or do your friend recommend <laughs> you or how did you actually just come across this stuff man well, it was a friend that recommended me. Um, his name is Fernando. Uh, he actually drove back with me from California, and we went to Jesse together, which was really cool experience. Oh yeah. And for yeah, Fernando. I think you met Fernando. He, I think he I was did. With me that day that yeah. we met. And he uh, he and I both both grew up went to the same preschool, same uh, high school, and basically had similar life life's experiences. We we also went to college together. We, we roomed together. And I, and I felt like he is my closest friend. And uh, so he, he showed me to Jesse. At the time, he told me about Jesse. I was definitely in a fallen state um, and, and didn't receive it. But uh, right. ended up uh, kind of during the COVID uh, crisis, went, went to um, we, him and I were talking. He said, you need to watch Jesse. You need to ask him what to do. Because I was kind of debating, do I, should I go home? What should what should I do? Cause I was living in LA and I'm, I'm from South Florida. Sure. And, um, yeah. And so he was like, watch Jesse. And then I went to Jesse the next week, asked him and then, yeah, things just have been changing and life's amazing. It is pretty amazing. And it's fascinating how sometimes someone will tell you something, um, and it falls on deaf ears, right? 
you know, like Fernando yeah. probably told you yeah. like, oh, you need to find this guy. You can be saved, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason in those moments, it's, it was true for me too. You just weren't ready to listen or you hadn't suffered yeah. enough or whatever, whatever it may have been. But there's that saying that says, you know, many are called, few are chosen, I think. Yes. And it sounds like the calling yeah. went out to you and somehow it came back to you and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to go to church, hang out with this black preacher, see uh, yes, <laughs> see what he's all about. Yeah. So just for some reference, I'm sure everybody listening knows JLP, Jesse Lee Peterson. Bond is his organization. It's in LA. So go check him out if you haven't. It's it's partial comedy, partial truth, and uh, mostly just talking about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so that so Wesley it's a great story arc so I mean born and raised Florida you kind of all went all the way across the United States to Hollywood was it kind of a like a dream to do the Hollywood thing the to be an actor or what what were you kind of doing out here yeah I mean um it was it it was de- it was a place that my dad and I went when I was um gr- growing up we went there three or four times uh sure no, Three times, yeah, and so it was. It was, what what I see it as is it was me trying to return back to my dad. Um, Interesting. I, I got a job. Yeah, I got a job there. Oh, I got a job from South Florida uh, to work at Warner Brothers as a tour guide, and I was like, "This is it, man!" Like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do this, and um, and and so yeah, just it was me going out there to, I guess, be recognized by my dad and also um try to and my bet my best friend also lives out there he uh we grew up together so he lives in simi valley so it was like i get to go hang out with him that and i get like to a just win. be in yeah. la yeah 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 so it was definitely it was it was the hollywood dream but it was also like live in california i'm young this and that yeah so yeah everything is beautiful physical world is amazing when you get everything and i know what you yeah. mean it that yeah. sounds that sounds amazing, yeah. you know. To yes, to make the choice to come here—that's a big decision, you know. And then yes. to also, again, it wasn't you making the choice; it was your thoughts and all that. But um, right, kind of maybe then to step back to kind of give a reference on—I always forget. Some people don't have different families than other people. Like for me, I had a mom and dad, and dad was a bit beta, mom was a bit strong, but they stayed together for a very, very, very you know, stayed together all the time. But I was kind of wondering your own experience with your mother and father. Was um, your father the type of person who was always there or he wasn't there? Or was he like, a, you know, acting like a beta male by <laughs> believing his emotions and being emotional like a woman? Or what was, <laughs> what was it kind of like uh, when you were a younger child for you before? This is before being born again, and which we'll cover in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, my my upbringing was always very like, uh, I guess, confusing is, is the word I, I feel I, okay. I was I was raised by my my mom uh, I have an older brother too and uh, my mom was very um, she she was very keep it all together everything is everything you know just just be very happy and I and I I kind of acted like this this porcelain doll like I would just I would just kind of be always have to be kind of happy and we go to the family outings, but I always knew that something felt wrong. I always knew that, that there was something missing and, um, but nobody yeah. talked about it. And I think that that's what caused this, um, kind of hiding under the blanket feeling because, 
Yeah. I knew that there was a fire, but nobody seemed to nobody seemed to care about my fear and my emotions and my anger towards missing my dad and um and and being with my mom all the time and feeling like there was something more and so I kind of yeah I as a little kid I was such a happy kid like I had I, I had so many friends so many guy friends so many um like just I just look at pictures of myself and I just always have the biggest smile and um right and then I got to a point where I got older and and I just kind of became kind of it I got involved with um theater and that was kind of inspired the Hollywood thing. And I think theaters is such a mess, um, to be in, to be in sure. acting and that kind of thing. Cause you what just get mess. to this competitive, yep. what a mess. <laughs> and you get to this competitive kind of like, uh, friend circle and, and everyone is kind of in it for themselves. And I, I, I started getting this ego and then I, I started yeah. getting into, um, pornography and I just, yep. and, and yeah. And, and, and just my life really, um, spiraled and, uh, and and my dad, I I I'd see my dad, and I was actually looking at pictures of, of me and my dad today, and I, I see this 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 anger in me, and um, interesting, and it was because I felt like he didn't want me, he didn't he didn't need me in his life, interesting, and, he, and there was nothing I could do to change that, and I think that that was it it was a hopelessness because at the end of the day, I would hang out with my dad, the I would hang out with my dad and. Uh, we had we went through a whole custody battle because they got divorced when I was six months old, so it was very very young. And yeah, I can't um, imagine had, that. Um, yeah, that's intense. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was very very intense, and and I didn't know who to follow. It was like because my mom was very angry at him and and scared us from him. Like we didn't go on, we didn't go to a a, a family vacation with him and his new wife and our step uh, sisters, and and it was oh, it was just man. like. Yep. It was like this, but but the funny thing is, is whenever I did go to my dad's house, um, I did feel like at home, even though it was my stepmom and my stepsisters, I wanted, there was like this part of me that wanted to just stay there and wanted to just get, just be there because I didn't, I wasn't mommy's little boy there. I was just a man. I was just a boy. Like just, right. and I, and I had a lot of freedom and, but then I would, we would always go back to mom's house and it felt like this, ugh. You know, it was like, very interesting. Yeah. You're yeah. saying a lot of good things yeah. here. I mean, a lot of, there's so many truths that you kind of revealed. I mean, one of them you mentioned was the porcelain doll and that concept of feeling like the house is on fire, but everyone else is just acting normal. And you're just like, yes. what's going on here? Like things aren't normal. And why is everyone still drinking? Why aren't we talking about the things that actually matter? You know, and, but yes. as a kid, you don't know any better. So you're like, I must be wrong. You know, so right. I, I've noticed right. that it's that doubt that seeps in. Um, there's always like this. You know, my perspective is you are actually born perfect, but you're born into a sinful world. That's what I mean by being born into sin. And mm. so it's like you you don't doubt yourself as a kid. Kind of like what you were saying, all the photos, you're smiling. You're just going on adventures. You're being a man in this world. And then there's like this trauma that happens. And it's either slow or it's quick when somebody causes you to doubt yourself, to gaslight you, mm. you know, you don't know your reality mm. anymore. And then, mm. then you just live in this fallen state where just mm. like you said, you feel like the house is on fire, but everyone's hiding under the covers acting normal. And you're just like, right. What's up yes. with everybody? I don't get yes. this. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, but the, but the yeah. thing is they're hiding under covers and they're not letting you into their covers. Yeah. Like, like, so like that I felt very alone 
as a kid. Like I felt, I remember, I have clear memories of one, uh, I was in my bedroom crying and throwing up and I was a little baby and like nobody was like answering the door and I, and, uh, that's and that, that was, that, was, that yeah. wasn't a dream. That was real. And then I also had a lot of trouble sleeping. Like I remember in seventh, I think it was seventh or eighth grade or maybe it was sixth grade, but I remember I started having a lot of trouble sleeping by myself and I would sleep at that age in my mom's bed and on my brother's floor. Right. I would, st I would not want to sleep by myself. I would always want to sleep around someone. And then when they would fall asleep, I would get depressed because I would be like, man, now I'm alone again. I'm yep. alone again. Shoot. Like, so it was almost like I would try to keep them up and I would, and I was just an annoying kid. I would, I would like talk to my brother and he, it would be like, he'd be like, stop. Like I'm going to sleep. I'd be like, right. hey, so uh, what, what do you want to eat tomorrow? You know, I was like just this annoying, and I started to hate myself. You know, that's what I realized. But Right. And it's, it's all stemming from this belief in, you know, you, it sounds like there was this disconnection from, from the source, from your father. You know, we talk about like yes. physical father is one thing, but also your spiritual father. And then you, mm -hmm. you get under this yes. purview of a resentful satanic mother, not saying your mom's Satan, but yeah. right, right. <laughs> where it's like, they right. don't want you there. And so you're unwanted yes. and you're not being cared for. But then when you leave, then they keep on calling you to pull you back into their black hole. You know, they're like, it's like a yes. suck, the succubus thing that just <laughs> won't let you yes. go. But once it keeps you, then it hates you. <laughs> yes. And, th and then yes. what happens is, is that gets imprinted into you. And then you kind of hate yourself, but then you try to get away from yourself and then you hate yourself. And it, it all stems from believing those thoughts in your head. And, yes. you know, when we come back on the Die Without podcast, let's talk about this some more because this is amazing insights for everyone else who's waking up. They may actually be totally relating to what you're saying. So we'll be right. Yeah, we'll be right back on the Doubt Every Thought podcast. back everyone to the doubt every thought podcast we are here with mr wesley this is part number two and in part one wesley you were just delivering all this just knowledge and in-depthness about just growing up and having just that chaotic lifestyle and then i think that one insight we talked about is everything else just seemed on fire for you but no one was talking about it and yes. it kind of reminds me of this concept like i said before um you know, for many are called, few are chosen. And it, it also kind of reminds me of the biblical question from last week uh, that uh, JLP had. And it was, what does it mean when they say that uh, out of a thousand, there will be one and out of 10,000, there'll be two. And when, when you were saying those things, it really resonated with me that it sounds like you were kind of like the black sheep in a way where you, you didn't want to be different right? You, you wanted to fit in, you wanted to be accepted, but this truth just kept on knocking on the door for you. And you're just, you're just, you can't hide from it. And many times when you try to hide from it, it just keeps on coming back mm. to you. Was that kind of your experience yes. growing up? It seems like it. 
that was my experience and I, and I had a lot of distrust for uh, men specifically and having guy friends um, because of the anger I had towards my father and not right. realizing that I was in control of the relationship with my father and that my mother didn't steer that relationship, that that's my choice to be connected to my dad. It's not, it doesn't affect my mom, whether I love my dad or not, you know? And so yep. for so often I had this idea of if I, if my dad left me, we, we used to be this perfect family and he's gone and it's his fault. And, um, and my, my, and everything is horrible now. That was, that was my understanding of life. And so what do you do? You act out, you do, you, you smoke weed and you, and yep. you just, uh, you just, you know, that's, that was I know, life, I know what know? you mean. And it sounds like when you were saying that this is kind of like, um, like it was, it wasn't even your anger. It was your mother's anger that she put into you. Yes. Like she yes. was angry Definitely. about, uh, she was angry about your father and then somehow through metamorphosis and all the conniving things that those tricky women do. <laughs> yes. I'm kidding girls. Yes. You know, just, it's just his mom, not you guys. We're not talking about you. Um, yeah. so they do those things. Same thing with my mother. Like I resented my father for being weak. And then I realized that was actually what my mom thought. It wasn't what I thought. Mm. You know, I liked mm. my dad. Like I was like, mm. he's like my buddy and he guided me. And yeah. he even, um, it was only like a few times in my life where my father interceded and said, Hey, I think you're making a mistake. You know, and mm. it was, I remember one time, um, in college, I spent one quarter in college where I, I buggered off. I didn't, uh, study at all, got C's and D's. And I remember he mm. called me and I was angry. I had my mother's anger. I was like, I don't know why I'm here. I was following someone else's purpose. And I'm like, dad, mm. you got C's and D's in college. Why can't I? And he <laughs> said, well, well, son, it's because I wasn't smart enough and you, you just don't care, you know? And, and mm. he said it in a very kind way. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. And within a few weeks I was back to school and, you know, not, uh, messing about, but I just relate to what you're saying because it's amazing how we think that the anger is us. We think that these thoughts are us and it yeah. really came from the mother, which it's not even her fault. It came from Satan within her. It goes all the way back right. to Adam and Eve and it's really Adam's right. fault because Adam took the apple. <laughs> that retard. Yeah. Beta. Told, that beta male. <laughs> Why did Adam have to take the apple? And, uh, yeah. So I just find that absolutely amazing. And I think you were saying and we too, can also talk a little bit about that because I, I, I've I've kind of had the idea of that the snake also represents Adam's penis and the fact that he couldn't that he let um he let he let his penis over over uh God. And, interesting. And uh Sexuality. I think that that's, for a lot of men it's it's still still going on is that they, they choose their what you know, sex over over God. Yes, they do. They it's idolatry, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's a great concept. We can talk about that right now. I mean, it's, that's a fascinating thing. So the story I understand got this place, they made Adam and then Eve uh, from a rib and they're hanging out and they're in a garden <laughs> and then there's like a serpent or something that tempted Eve. Eve then took some bites of the apple. She liked it, went back to Adam, tempted him with it. He took a bite. And then now we got 2020 Joe Biden versus yeah. Donald Trump. That is the yes. story. <laughs> that Kamala is the, Harris versus Kamala. Donald Trump. <laughs> so that that is the story of society. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of made yeah. an insight there where it's like the serpent may have not actually been just Satan, but actually a physical temptation of sexuality or the penis or yes. whatever it may be. 
That's a fascinating yeah. concept. Huh. Yeah. I hadn't oh, even yeah. thought about that. And so, yeah, so sexuality tempted Eve, and then it went to Adam. That's pretty amazing, and Adam man. wasn't strong enough to control his own his own self. You know, he, he gave... 100%. He, yeah. 100%, man. And, you know, this idea of sin, and this is where I kind of progress from beyond uh, what JLP talks about, is that many times in our lives, I think when we grow up, the church will try to say the sin is all these physical things that you're doing, whether it's the mm-hmm. sex or the drugs, the cheating, the adultery, whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. what Jesse kind of helped us understand is that the only sin is passing judgment in your head, which is believing mm-hmm. Satan, really believing that yes. you're God. And yes. all those quote unquote sins are really just unrighteousness. You know, they're the result mm-hmm. of believing your thoughts. And mm-hmm. what I find even more amazing than that is I take a step back and say that, um, you know, that belief that you are your own God, that um, I know what's right and wrong, that sin actually wasn't something that I decided to inherit. It was actually inherited mm. all the way back from Adam and Eve, kind of going back to what you just said. And so mm. what it means is that the only person who really sinned was Adam. He was the only guy who mm. sinned, and he passed it down to us. And because Jesus came back and all that, all we have to realize is that we've already been saved. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, now that I'm awake, I have to live a pious, holy life, and then maybe... I'll be saved. Right. It's, it's just right. realizing we've all been saved, but Satan's just tricking right. us by making us think that we are our thoughts. And I kind of wanted to know what you thought about that concept. It's a bit out there. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I I definitely believe that Jesus did the work and that all we have to do is is believe in him. And, w- and what that means is, and so when I grew up, I I grew up with my aunt who um, who told me a lot about Jesus and how God was angry at us and Jesus saved us from our sins. And recently I even, I even forgave her and said, you know, I'm sorry for resenting you for scaring me about God. Yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely, um, I, I would, I would sit in my bed and say, I ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness and always ask for forgiveness. And I think, um, because it's, it's hard for a kid to understand about, about Jesus and about why I'm bad and what I've done, done bad and the sin and, Right. It's scary. It's scary. It scares kids, but I think it also is good um, because when you believe that Jesus already did the work and you believe that Jesus found you and you don't have to do anything, it makes it easier. It makes it oh okay, then it's already it's already done. Like, but um, that's the key is that it's already done. Yeah. Like, I find that um, I mean I'm kind of new to the whole religion thing. We'll actually talk about this a little more. So we'll take another short break on the Doubt Every Thought podcast. everyone welcome back part number three dot every thought podcast we're chatting with wesley we're having an amazing conversation and amazing, <laughs> amazing as jlp would say <laughs> <laughs> you know the previous part i think we're talking about how this we're already saved like they're actually you don't have to like do anything you know it's it's this yeah. counterintuitive thing and you know i think that actually makes so much sense to me because i wasn't a christian all my life it was only past 10 12 months or so and 
before when I was in that atheistic, you know, God is not real thing, I always thought the born into sin concept was so convenient for mind control. It's just like, imagine if someone told mm. you, oh, by the way, you're born into sin, but hey, I actually have the solution. You just have to make sure you keep coming back to me. And right. you got to make sure you give me 10% of your money. And, uh, right. you know, if you think the wrong thing, you're also sinning. You know, I, right. when I was in that fallen state, I'm like, that's way too convenient. And it's mind control. Right. And right. I think there's truth in that where most churches and most synagogues or most whatevers, they're all about trying to control you by saying you can't be perfect. And, you know, mm. all these things. And if if you even think the thought you're thinking and you're the one who's evil. Mm. And when I went to JLP and he's just like, oh, yeah, three steps. Forgive your mom and dad because it's not their fault and they were retarded. You know, get mm. some distance from the not you by doing the silent prayer, which you just observe mm. your thoughts and watch Satan. And then you doubt every mm. thought. I went to him. I'm mm. just like, are you being serious, man? Like, <laughs> is it this easy? And then I went to go do it. And then I was like, what the? You know, actually, yeah. I actually feel yeah. God now. It's like it's. And then I returned to how I was as a kid. And mm. so I, I just totally relate to what you're kind of saying there, where as a kid, it just kind of makes sense that that's what God is like. He's this, he's, right. he's always there for you. He wants you to do your best. He won't, t he won't stop you from doing bad things, but there right. seems to be this real messed up, um, perception of what it is in the church. And so yeah. you said you kind of were raised with the church. You had an aunt who kind of raised you and terrified you of God, which yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah that's intense man it's was it like a catholic church or was it like a pentecostal or was, something uh, no it was it was well it was the i think it was the idea that god hates me and that there is a possibility that i could go to hell for forever interesting and, uh, yep and i could be eternally separated from everyone i love and that i don't have any choice in that that's just because i'm bad like it was just this it was almost like what you said where it's like it's yeah, a lose-lose lose lose situation. You could yeah. go to hell. Yeah. And but but and then and so the name Jesus was like that it was it was like, well then obviously I, I have to follow Jesus and but it was it was out of maybe obligation more than it was out of fear. Um, yeah, it wasn't out of your fear. your uh, I wouldn't say like your choice because we don't really make choices. It was it wasn't out of your right. prerogative. It was more just like, well, yeah, if you don't want to go to I hell I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> Like, who in their right mind wouldn't follow Jesus if they don't? Right. <laughs> right. But and that's that's what I find funny about religion. It's just they use these fear tactics to um, mm. to keep you in this paralyzed state, this this childlike mindset. And mm. yes, now it sounds like now that you've gone. I mean, we haven't even gotten into your whole forgiveness story. So we talked about right. church. We talked about Christianity and all that jazz. Um, and we talked about your story of the whole family raising you and then coming to uh, California, how you found JLP. But recently mm. you said that you went back to home and actually forgave your father. And I wanted to know if you could share a few minutes of what that was like, yes. if the thoughts were racing, if Man. Satan was telling you you're going to die, like just kind of, kind of help people understand if they haven't forgiven yet, like how, what it can feel like when you go through it. <laughs> Man, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, 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 I knew that, um, well, I guess the idea of forgiveness of my father. So everything I did beforehand was always to, in some way, spite my dad. It was, it was to jab. It was to, Hey, notice me, look at me. You missed out on raising me. You missed out on, 
on, on being there for me. And sounds like, uh, sounds like Satan. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. jealous. And so, yeah. And, and I was laying in bed and at, at my dad's house when I first got back here, I, I spent the night and I just was like, you know, I really want to tell him because I told him earlier that day, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry for resenting you. And, um, and I wanted to tell him that because you left me and, um, right. It was more, it was more like, if you feel like your dad can't handle you, like who can handle you? Like, if you feel like your dad doesn't want you that, and I think that that's, as I grew up, it was like, my dad doesn't want me the, the man and the man who, you know, helped put me here doesn't right. want me like nobody wants me. So it was like, right. I knew that, um, I knew that your forgiveness to me is used to be seen as a weak word. It was, it was like, you're, you're, what do I have to be forgiven for? You know what? Like, like, like a woman, you know, like this, <laughs> you, yeah, know? you need to forgive and, um, me. Yeah. Like I, I always saw forgiveness right. as I have to go to the person and say, please, you forgive me for something that I did to you. And I would never, ever, ever want to forgive because if, if I did something to wrong someone and I knew it, I would say, yo, I'm sorry. It's, it's saying sorry. Mm. While yes. that form of forgiveness, I just said it felt, wrong to me i was just like yeah. i'm not forgiving to you because i don't mean right. it <laughs> like, like, and, and also jacob it's like it's like i think that the big fear is that is wrath the wrath of mom is oh, that yeah. everything is about because <laughs> because it could there could be a wrath of mom coming and the thing about my dad is he didn't protect me from that wrath because he wasn't not there yeah. so i always knew that i could like i did not want that that's what i was running from that was the fire is wrath of mom and so it's like, that's fascinating. I, everything I still do, I, I notice is like, sometimes I'll pause before because it's like, how do I avoid the wrath of mom? But when I'm not afraid of the wrath of mom anymore, it's like, then I say what's on my mind. I, I freaking don't care, you know? And, yeah. and, and I just do what, but not like obviously to hurt anybody, but I do what I feel true. Of and course. I mean, you're so, not, you're not, and, a, you're not a psycho and it's like, it's the wrath of mom, but it's really it's the imagination of what you think that yeah. Satan put in your head yes. of what can happen to you. Like for yes. my quick story of forgiveness, I remember going over to my parents' house and this sounds so irrational, but I, I literally thought they might stab me with a knife when I, when I forgave them. Like, and do you know, like, and it wasn't me thinking it, it was just Satan's just saying, don't do it. They're going to stab you when you forgive them. <laughs> You know, it's, and now it sounds so silly because when you look back on it, um, I realize, okay, yeah, it was Satan. He's afraid of being torn away from me, you know. But and at the same time, like I, he said, is a weak person. So it's kind of like that crazy ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend. It's like I'll kill yeah. you, I'll stab you, and you're just like, what is wrong with you? And this, <laughs> so I totally relate when you say mother's wrath. I mean. I'm sure yeah. other people who are listening have gone through this all the time. And, yes. you know, yes. it's, and it's not even like, you know, they're raging and yelling. It's just this perception that the world's going to mm. end, you know, yes. and your world yes. will end, you know, and yes, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing when you have that realization. <laughs> yes. And but, that was the thing is that my dad, when I forgave him, he said, I said, I'm sorry for resenting you for leaving me. He, he kind of looked at me and, and, um, and was like, I didn't leave you. And I'm telling you right after that, there was just this immediate feeling like I can tell him anything. 
I can, right. I can tell him anything. Therefore, I'm no longer afraid of anything. Right. And, when, and that happens. That is the freeing feeling. Like we got pizza afterwards. Last week, he bought me a TV. Like, so, <laughs> so it's I like was, when uh, you do I, it. <laughs> I was kind of uh, telling Wesley that the benefit guys when you go and forgive your father he may buy you a tv so you know so you might actually get yeah what i only got a 47 when i forgave gotta do it again oh man so that let's take another short break on the dad with podcast so we'll be right back we'll talk more with wesley so hold on guys Alright everyone, welcome back to the Data We Thought Podcast. Wesley and I were having like our own private private podcast session talking about the burning house, which we'll have to talk about on a later date. But one thing we kinda of wanted to cover is this whole idea of um, having your friends and then kind of finding how I guess the way I kinda of see it, Wesley, and you can pipe in any time, is that drugs have this stigma on them, but in reality there's so many different things that people can dive into to run away from their problems so sometimes it's food sometimes it's sex sometimes Mm. it's power but a large part of it that society kind of approves of right now not approves of but knows of is illicit drugs so it's kind of like you know you're feeling stressed out smoke some weed Uh, you want to have a connection with god oh do mushrooms or go do ayahuasca Mm. or do lsd you know all these um, things that expand your consciousness quote unquote Mm. And that, that was kind of what I went through, too, um, went through the whole journey of trying to find myself outside and ingest substances yeah. and really discover what's in me. But have you kind of gone through that experience, too, when you were coming, you're in that fallen state? All the things we do is amazing. I was kind of wondering what you kind of did in that fallen state when you were just trying to figure things out. Yes. Um, well, first, I, I started doing meditation in college and I had such an identity in meditation and I had such an identity in college and um interesting and from yeah and so meditation uh started out and I it was I would do it 20 minutes every day and I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to anybody unless I unless I meditated because I was afraid to talk to them and the whole purpose of the meditation was that I would be in a better headspace I would be in a I'd be a better person so that I could uh get more girls I could try to hook up with uh, and, and be better looking, be more attractive, yeah. Yeah. visualization. And it was all about how I could be seen different than who I am. And because um, I didn't like, I didn't want to be me. Right. It's kind of like, you, it's kind of like a girl, you know, when they take 20 minutes to put on a bunch of makeup to hide who they are. Yeah. You know, it's a similar yeah. thing for you, except your makeup was meditation. So meditation. <laughs> I and know the funny mean. thing was, the, and, and, and then it started to try to control the experiences that I would have. So it would, it would be, well, maybe I can like, uh, like if I didn't know what decision to make, then I would say like, I would want to pause time, go into the corner, put on the app. It was called Headspace. And it was, yeah, uh, I do know that app. app. Yep. Yep. You know that app. I do. And, um, and, and it would, it would be okay. Can we do this? And then, and I'd be fine. Then I can go back and I can make the decision, the decision. And, um, and so that was the beginning. And so, 
when I went to California for the first time, one of my, I drove out with my best friend um, who lives in California. And um, I noticed that like, that I needed to get out of this meditation because it was, it was just too much. Like it was, it was, I w- but at the same time I was addicted to it. So it was like, I'm, it, I didn't really want to let go. It was your and go-to so, medication um, in a way. It's like, I don't know what to eat, yes. meditate. I don't know what to think about, yes. meditate. I don't, meditate. Oh, med- 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 <laughs> and then meditate. all of a sudden you're just like, your thoughts, it's fascinating how, like when people talk about meditation, there's a lot of good <laughs> truth to it. Because, yeah. you know, the silent prayer is very similar to meditation. You sit there and watch your thoughts. But yeah. it's kind of the intention behind it. You had a different intention. And so you yes. found it paralyzing, yes. right? Your intention yes. was to escape from who you are, you know. Yes. In reality, you're not really escaping. It's just you're just circle jerking yourself to exhaustion. So yes. I, I know what you oh, mean. Yeah. And I would yeah. I would do it and then and then want to act out and, and want to try to hook up with girls and have that be a better. It was It was to enhance the experience of life. Right. It wasn't to, it was to make me more aware and it was to make me really understand what the, the text is saying. Uh, I laugh, I laugh because I, I know what you mean. You, you, in that fallen state, you think you're so holy. Yes. Yes. You're like, I know it was, it's right. It was, no, I'm open to all religions and I would, I would go get Krishna lunch from the Hare Krishnas and I would go, I would go, I would go like. You know, joy, I joined like the meditation club at school, but this is all because first off, I should never have gone to college because college is a waste. Sure. But, um, but, but that was all because I was trying to really get my college experience. I was trying to in- capture all four years of college and really <laughs> learn, become the person that I need to enter this world. You know, and- it's amazing how to, it starts <laughs> off like some people's drug experience, drugs don't start off as like, Hey, do you want to do meth? You know, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. start there. It always starts with, I'm just going to do some meditation and find myself, and then it, yes. some, it usually progresses to like, um, you know, Let oh well, we yeah, when I do CBD oil, it's not the psychoactive one. I it just helps me sleep, you know, and right. Then the next right. one is oh, the psychoactive one. It helps me relax on the weekend, and like oh, right. this, the the one that has THC that is a the. Um, sativa version it gives makes me more creative during the day so now i'm and then four years later you're me doing ayahuasca in peru lost (laughs) oh shit that's scary man it's fascinating i mean i had a wonderful experience doing it i wouldn't recommend it to anybody that's what i always have to say that was many years ago but it was definitely a life-changing thing but um well and 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 i i would take such identity and you want to smoke this oh you you don't smoke weed oh you want to smoke this when I first moved to LA, I just smoked constant and I lived at a hostel with 40 people, <laughs> men and women. So, which was so beta, I was living in a room with eight guys and I would just smoke weed all the time. I was, I was doing cookies. I was uh, eating weed cookies and I yep. was, and it was just all my whole life was cause I felt this energy that I, that I hadn't had before. And so then whenever the energy went down, I would have to smoke more and I would have to do more. And, I, and, and it was all about how can I keep up this huge energy persona? Cause I was working at Warner Brothers doing customer service, so sure. I was like trying to just be so energetic and so yeah, yeah, let's go. Okay, okay, okay. You want to go? You want to go on tour? You want to go? Yeah, go on tour. You know, being that animated person, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, and and it was just insane to the point where like, and and I had no support system out there, so I crashed so hard when I realized that like I just couldn't keep it up anymore. Sure, um, but the whole th- whole reason was to prove I can 
I can live independently. Like I was trying to prove to my mom, I don't, I don't need uh, you, you know, and to, to, right. to make it in life. Like that was my whole, so I'm, I'm seeing, and that's why with Jesse finding Jesse and forgiveness is like, I'm seeing this whole, this whole thing was about uh, basically mom and dad still. That's totally true about how for most people in this world, they're traumatized at some age from something because Satan's always tempting you with thoughts. Like even when I was a kid, I had mm. some weird thoughts um, where I was sitting around, I think in the grass and it's like, hey, you should go pick up that rock and throw it at the kid. And literally it didn't sound like me. And I'm like, what the heck is talking to me? I was just yeah. like, I thought I was nuts. And so I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm the crazy kid. <laughs> yes. And so I didn't. Oh, I had that. Right. I didn't act on it, of course, because I'm not stupid. Like, so, but, but it's totally true how there's this moment where you believe the thoughts and then you think you are God, you think, you know, what's right and wrong and Mm. happens at a young age for some people. And for that whole period until they're born again, if they are, you're kind of in this stupor, you're in this, um, Mm. I guess, uh, I call it possession. You know, you Mm. are, you are possessed by your thoughts and like in those zombie movies, you know, sometimes people are passively bitten by a zombie and they don't know it. And all of a sudden mm. you hit the button topic and then they believe their thoughts and they go into satanic mode. And you can literally, mm. when you're born again, you can see people literally being possessed. You can oh, see their yeah. shoulders, oh, their yeah. eyes, you know, they start, their oh, eyebrows yeah. go up too much, you know. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so just your whole story of, you know, it's fascinating how, we do these things in the physical realm to try to solve a spiritual malady. You're doing meditation to do that. Then you started marijuana was that thing. And I know what you mean. And now that you're on the other side of it, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that went a different path. What's it kind of like being on the other side now, you know, after forgiving and all that. Yeah. And, and I went, I, I think that the interesting thing is, is because when you do those drugs, it's like you feel or at least you think you feel good. And so like, for example, like I'll like this, like every once in a while, it's like, I want a cup of coffee. And so to me, it's like, I guess what, as a meditator, really, I, I saw it as you don't, you don't do drugs because, um, because you can control everything. And so it was, it was almost like two, two different Wesley's because the meditator Wesley was okay. You can calm, you can always calm yourself. You have it inside of yourself to calm you have it inside yourself to be you have it inside yourself to just relax and the drug wesley was more 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 just keep going just keep going you, uh, you'll never st- and so and so i know a lot of people they they meditate but I, so with weed it was almost like a part of me resented weed because i was like i don't want to do weed because um, i'm a meditator so i'm so the weed was like a totally different me and i would say things that that were just off the top of my head and people would hear them and I would hear like, it was almost like, so I know what you the, mean. Where the meditator Wesley would just be like, just see it as a thought, see it go by because I, I had like, like in, uh, as I learned meditation, it was, it was the concept was that we are a blank, we are a blue sky and the thoughts are like clouds. Right. And so, and so when you be, you just notice the clouds pass and notice how they come and go and, and all that stuff. But, that to me is also is also um, the addiction, because then you start thinking you're the blue sky when when you're not the blue sky, right. and so you start identifying as God when you're not God, and so that's something that my life has changed is because is because that 
both of the both of those Wesleys were were flawed and were in a fallen state. But yep. the Wesley that believes in Jesus, the Wesley that has overcome death and is no longer afraid of anything and can speak his mind and can say and can live the life that he wants to live and can create, you know, um, his reality that God is not create his reality, but can can step into the reality that God has created for Wesley. That's the Wesley I I am I am. Right, and, and so um, it's like the person you yeah. return to, like you return to the yes. Wesley you were as a child. It's not that like yes, you're born into this new realm, and you know, if everybody listens to the Data We Thought podcast, they can come over. I'll open the door. Welcome to the new realm of God and Jesus. It's in in reality, yes. it's the realm that's always been here, just waiting for you. Yes, and yes, it's like having a good father. You know, he's always yes. Uh, you've <laughs> yes. heard the story of the prodigal son, right? It's like your father's yes. he's always just waiting and wow. whether you stay or whether you go he's just like well i prefer if you don't go and suffer but wow your choice and then when you come back yes he doesn't have the mother's love or satan's love and he doesn't judge you for leaving he's just like oh cool you're back so how's life let's let's <laughs> let's get the fatted calf out and let's yeah <laughs> let's just yeah like let's actually take care of the gardens you don't have to you know everyone has their own quote unquote journey you know some people yeah. don't wake up and it's not many but that's a yeah. that's just such a great story arc that you've had so far and when we come back we can talk about this more so we'll be right back yeah. on the dot every thought podcast everyone maybe this is the final segment maybe not we're talking with wesley about his own experiences waking up and i i'm finding this amazing i hope you guys are too and i'm sure wesley you're finding it amazing too so um it's amazing it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) you know in this part uh, i think we kind of want to talk about authority and the reason why you kind of brought this up in the uh intermission we were just kind of chatting there's this kind of difference in how you deal with people before you've, you know, before you're in the fallen state, and then after when you're a son or daughter of God, and I was totally relating to what you were kind of saying, and I think you mentioned like when you deal with people, with police, with authority, it's kind of changed for you. How how were you kind of saying it changed? I'm, I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. Um. Well, what's changed is that I put myself back into into the life equation, and I put myself back into the experience. So. I I used to be either um, I used to I used to have trouble with authority just talking to them because it was always what if I it was always I've done something wrong and I'm gonna get in trouble and it was like this little kid mindset of like something's gonna happen to me I made a mistake I messed up whereas now it's like how can I help you especially with police right. um, like how can I help you solve this situation and maybe if I've messed up maybe that means I go to jail. You know what I mean? Maybe right. like, like it's no longer uh, self-preservation mode. It's 
it's what have I like, how can I help, sir? And like, for example, as I drove back to Florida, I got a speeding ticket and, um, sure. and I remember just like talking to the cop and, and it was like, man, I messed up. Like I, I sped like, dude, I deserve this ticket. And like, thank you for doing your job. Thank you for keeping these. Like it just, it's when you do right. And when you, when you love what is right, like it's what Jesse says, like, I love what is right more than I love myself. And right. so, um, so it's more important to me to, to, to handle what needs to be done. If I've messed up, I need to pay for it. And when I, when I, when there becomes, um, it becomes a little bit of anxiety when I deal with those situations because I'm no longer putting this wall up. Like he's not going to get, he's not going to get anything from me. Uh, You you dumb cop. Like I win, you lose mentality. Yes. Right. And it becomes like, you know what? I like, I'm a little afraid. Like something could happen to me, but the same, but the fun, the interesting thing is, is that, is that it always works out for the best. Like um, it was that, with the cop, cop that when I was speeding, my insurance was also expired uh, and he didn't give me a, a ticket for uh, that. Like it almost was like he respected that I respected him. So he let me go on something, you know? So it's like when you really deal with life, like head on, it, it handles itself. And it seems like too, that many people in life, when they get traumatized, when they enter into the fallen state, they, they're paralyzed or they're, they're frozen in time on their maturity level. So mm-hmm. what yes. I mean by that is like if somebody, um, I don't know, gets traumatized when they're really, really young, they'll act very immature when it comes to challenging situations. Yes. And then if, yes. if you, um, like for me, I think I kind of fell, I, I actually don't know when, but it was, I think it was my early teens is when I started to resent and believe my thoughts. I maintain a mentality of, like I'm right, you're wrong, no matter what, for many, many, many years, <laughs> and I would never admit it. Yeah. And yeah. like you're saying, once you're born again, once you forgive and you realize you're not really here anymore, it's just God acting through you in a way. We're kind of like mm. His, I don't know, His soldiers mm. or extensions of Him in a way because we're so holy. <laughs> but, but trust me, it is it is true, guys. You do start to get glimpses of this peaceful, knowing what to do all, at all times, and sometimes you don't yeah. do anything. But, um, yeah. but when you wake up, you then act like a adult. And like you said, you then, you, you have more responsibility, but you have more of this personal sense of freedom. Even if, you know, uh, good, what is it? Even if free will isn't real, um, you have the sense of freedom where yes. you will own your decisions, whatever happens. Like if you're speeding, right. you'll own this, you'll own the ticket and it causes you to really be from the world where you're involved in it now you're not hiding from it in your imagination but you're also a step away from it where you're of the world you're of the world but not from the world your your body's in the world but spiritually you understand how here's how the mechanics of this life works and you can't uh you can't do magic tricks and try to get secret insights by doing psychedelics that nobody else can get you know it's (laughs) (laughs) if you truly know who you are you'll find that god is literally within you and so yeah. just, just that concept of dealing with authority, you know, if you're acting like a kid and you don't like authority or police, you probably need to go and forgive your mother for making you hate your father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because police can sometimes be an example of uh, a version of your father as well. Yeah. <laughs> the more, the more punishing the version side. That you're, the, the good version that your father really, really needed to be, you know? Yeah, they can be. And like attracts like, and it always takes two yeah. to tango. So if you are speeding, you get a ticket. Well, what were you expecting? Yeah, you know, it's like for me, yeah. I I speed all the time. 
Wait, not anymore. Of yeah. course not. I don't speak because I'm a son well, of God. Well, you know what? You know what also? <laughs> it's also like the money that you're paying for that ticket is not going, and they're not going to burn it in a fire. Like it's going to salaries and to and everything you, everything that happens is, it can be seen for good. Like right. it's going to repair the roads that you're driving on. Like everything is you, everything is for you. And when you, when you believe that, like everything is for you, like that, the cop that pulled you over, he's trying to help you. Everybody's trying to help you. Life gets easier. You don't have to think everyone's against me. Oh my gosh, I have to, I'm in this fight alone. And right. that. It's like everybody's for you. And if they're not for you, then then they're then Satan's their daddy. You know? Right. And then you feel for them. And that's and we're not right. saying that when everyone's for you, it doesn't mean you're gonna get millions of dollars and, you know, have all these amazing things. That but that's not happiness. <laughs> right. That's one that's another that's a great point. But it's also because sometimes those are the things you don't need. God knows what you need. Yes. And if you just stop acting like you know what you need. Then he can yes. just say, "Hey, I have a solution for you. Just it'll be revealed to you." And that to me is amazing because I've always been someone who like was seeking financial income. I was always about, "Oh, mm. I need to get a engineering job that pays a hundred k." And then what's fascinating is once I got that, I realized mm. how I sacrificced. It's the Faustian deal. Wow. I got that, but then I sacrificed like my personal life, my social life, mm. uh, having a family. Wow. And I'm thirty wow. years old with no family. Now, not saying it's a bad thing, and of course, now being born again, it's going to be fine. But in that fallen state, that's why I was so unhappy when I had that first job, you know, because yeah. I'm like, I've made it, but I have no <laughs> friends and no social life, and I'm doing drugs by myself. Like what? Like, mm. <laughs> and mm. I, I didn't see it at the time. I was just really unhappy. I didn't know why, mm. and it's because of that resentment. And once I went to go forgive, I, once I do that silent prayer every morning and night, and now that I doubt every thought. I'm always amazed every time I wake up at how peaceful life is. You know, even though yes. everyone thinks the world's burning, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make hot dogs today, you know, <laughs> 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 or hamburgers. No homo, guys. Make hamburgers today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just one of those things that um, you, you, I think everyone is searching for it, but they just don't realize how to seek it properly. You know, mm. the, wow. the girl who's seeking a father figure will just go have, a lot of sex with a lot of men become a slut not realizing is taking yeah. her further away from the truth and it's the same thing for guys and who... don't call me a slut because you misogynistic yeah yeah misogynist i know i've been called that on many occasions and i, <laughs> I wish those people well and then of course i tell them to stop watching pornography yeah those, yes <laughs> yes those are my two kind yes. of jokes and i guess we'll just do one more segment wesley so we'll be right back on the Doubt Every Thought Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back. Now, this is the final segment of the Diary of Thought podcast, interview with Mr. Wesley. He is in Florida, undisclosed location. Don't try to find him. He is single. Eight He's miles right. from Donald Trump, yeah. Mar-a-Laga. Okay, maybe he's near Donald Trump. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we were just kind of saying, um, you're making a good point, Wesley. It's like many times, like if you go to Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the steps is you have to go and forgive every person that you've wronged. And you have to go to this person, to this person, to this person, to this person. Oh, don't forget about him and her. And you have to go through all of them. But at the end of the day, you have then have to go back to your original root. And 
what we say on the Die Every Thought podcast, JLP, Roy Masters, they all say you have to go and forgive the root of your destruction, you know, the thing that made you fall away. And for most people, it is their mother and their father. And I think, um, Wesley, you're kind of saying that initially you're wondering, do I have to forgive everybody? Like forgive my stepmom, forgive my mom. But I think you said when you went to your father and forgave him that it kind of resolved everything. That was really the, the changing key. And even just thinking about it, it brings me peace because dad, dad left me. And that was the storyline that it wasn't really mom. I mean, it wasn't stepmom. It wasn't stepsisters. It was dad. It was dad didn't want me. And right. so when I, when I brought that to light, the, the heavens burst open and and I, I don't hurt. I'm, I, I used to see myself, and I think that's what happens in the darkness, is I saw myself as this racist, this angry person, this, this, this. Every, every, everything I would say, I would hear a thousand thoughts in my head about how awful I am and this and that. And, and so I, I had such a lack of confidence and self-esteem. And yeah, don't we all? Yeah. And being a person, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but I, I found that forgiving my dad, forgiving the root, forgiving the, the real pain was open me up like a flower that's just blossoming blossoming yeah it's like the um what's the saying of a mustard seed you know it's like the mustard seed is this tiny thing right and then it grows into this massive thing and Mm -hmm. that's how i kind of see it too like a lot of the solutions that everyone provides in life is all about trying to either fix yourself or to cut out certain people or to reframe the operation or to hypnotize yourself in a certain way and yeah. what it sounds like what you went through is you just kind of, you did what you're supposed to do, just went to the core of your father and forgiving. You're not going to say, please forgive me. You're saying, I forgive you for making me yes. resent you as a kid. And then yes. God forgives you. And then all of a sudden you can have that honest conversation with the the example of what a God is, which is your father in this world. You know, and mm-hmm. you're fortunate that you have that while he's still alive. And so for everybody listening, please while your parents are alive, you can go and forgive them and God will forgive you. And yeah. otherwise you will suffer and die. <laughs> and, and, and I think that, um, I like kind of going back a little earlier with, with my aunt telling me about Jesus and, you know, Jesus, Jesus. Um, I, I kind of, when I was in the unknown, which when I was in California, I kind of lost who I was and this and that. And, and the, the, the root, the core of my, of my faith, I guess, in life was, was Jesus. And so pursuing, pursuing him led me to realizing that, um, that it's about, it's about that there's nothing to fear in this world. So like, because death is an illusion, we, and you don't need to do drugs to figure that out because death is an illusion. You can walk into any battle, whether that's forgiving your mom, your dad, your brother, you know, you can do it. But when you find that root cause of the pain, um, just keep moving into it because because death is an illusion. And and the first time I thought about that I was going to die was the scariest moment of my life. And so yeah. now that I'm walking into death, I walk into death every day. Like you said, like, like Jacob was talking about earlier before, he was saying, you know, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's like when you do that, you realize that it's only, there's light there and that we're the ones that are keeping ourselves in the shadow it's it's a great insight wesley i think um there's quotes all over the place i'm sure bible people can correct me but it's about how like when you die then 
God lives, you know, if mm. so like that whole thing of you're walking to, into death, but it's really not even you walking into that death. It's that the sin that's attached to you, that Satan that's attached to you will die as you mm. face it every time, you know? Yes. And so you've yes. been doing that more and more and it's not like you're becoming more and more holy. You know, you're getting level no. 10, Wesley, level 11, Wesley. <laughs> it's, it's really yeah. just an uncovering of the soot, the removal of all the soot that's on you that you've allowed to be put onto you because you've agreed to what Satan told you all these years. And, you know, you may go through challenges and you may seem like it's terrifying, but again, it's just your imagination that's lying to you. And, you know, yeah. yes, we're not saying go up to somebody who has a shotgun and say, I'm not afraid of you because they'll blast your head mm -hmm. right off. <laughs> but this is more of a spiritual thing where you'll naturally know not to be in those situations. And, you know, then you'll be able to disagree with your mother-in-law when she tells you that your wife can't stay with you, you know, and all those, right. all those things that terrify you right now as a beta male, you know, once you wake up, you can be an alpha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you are an alpha. <laughs> yeah. At the core, True. everyone has that alpha in them. They just need to wipe away that beta. <laughs> the, yeah. Satan, the yeah. beta. That's what I should make some t-shirts <laughs> saying that Satan the beta. That's good. Well, Leslie, this has been awesome, yes. man. Do you have any advice or any input you want to give people before we uh, go our separate ways? Um, you already know everything, and uh, and don't be afraid to um, don't be afraid to to trust what you know, and but also don't trust it. Don't don't take faith in what you know. Um, yeah. It's, you have to let let it, let it be um and and keep walking and uh and, and like for example i i i was told a lot like uh what it is to be a man and if you're if you're hearing that from other men who don't know christ and god then take it with a grain of salt because um it's better to walk with god than it is to walk with man and so um, it's important to have men friends and to lead them, but don't let them be your guide and always speak what's on your heart. Because a lot of times it may be wrong, but at least you got it out. You got it out there and you're, you're letting God turn it into something good. Exactly. I've heard the saying, um, I might be wrong, but I'm not lying. You know, that's the yes. Owen Benjamin yes. says that quite often. And yes. I, I use that all the time where I'm fine with being wrong. I'm just not lying. Versus most people yes. who are probably sounding right, but they're definitely lying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been a wonderful time, Wesley. Thanks for coming on, man. It's been wonderful to have you. Thank you, man. This is, yeah, this is awesome. It's we'll awesome. We'll have to hang out in Idaho one day. Oh, yes, we will. We'll have some uh, good times. <laughs> Guns, animals, shooting, relaxing, <laughs> talking about God, yes. all that fun stuff. Yes. And everybody else on the podcast, if you've been listening, you haven't forgiven your mother and father, well, you can suffer and die. And I wish you well. <laughs> Don't forget, you can go to diverythought.com slash silent prayer. Get all those silent prayer stuff. Um, we have the tutorials, how to do it. And reach out to our team if you have any questions. And thanks so much for listening, guys. And we'll see you again on the Diary Thought Podcast. Take care. Bye.